Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. Today, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Content Group, who we are, what we're trying to do, where we've come from, and indeed, where we hope to go into the future. Uh, It started back in 1997. Um, I was made redundant, or accepted what I should say, a voluntary redundancy package from the ABC. And what it enabled me to do was to take a bit of time to go and think about what I was going to do next. I'd spent 10 years as a reporter for the ABC, four of those as a political correspondent at the uh, Federal uh, Press Gallery here in Canberra, uh, which reports on Australian politics. But it was time for me to finish doing that and to think about the future. And so prior to working in media, I'd worked in marketing. And before, prior to working in marketing, I'd worked in the family business. So I understood that I had skills in business, I had skills in marketing, and I had skills in the media. And because I got a voluntary redundancy, I had a bit of thinking time. I had the space to be able to do some research uh, about the future and then to think about, well, what skills did I have and what problems could we seek to solve? But I also had time to research, which is a luxury that many of us just don't get the opportunity to um, uh to do. You know, we just don't have that time. And I did because I'd, I had this money. So anyway, during that research, I'd, I found this concept back in 1997 of, of content, which was, you know, a reference to video, audio, uh, graphic content, stills content. And I thought, okay, right. So that's the business I've been in as a journalist. And then I also discovered or, or was reading about that in the future, we would have these you know, supercomputers that we would carry around in our pockets that would be part mobile phone, part computer, and we'd be able to create and distribute, you know, uh, very rich multimedia files that we would then be able to send to each other and everyone would have one of these phones so everyone would be connected and we'd be able to stay in touch. And I thought to myself, okay, well, that's that's sort of the space that I I can be in. I, I know business, I know marketing, and I know how to create content. So, we just decided to call ourselves The Content Group. And the whole idea about The Content Group was that we would tell the stories of our clients so they could achieve their business objectives. So that was the simple notion of what we were trying to do. But back in 1997, it wasn't the reality of the day. It was a future promise. So it was a bit hard going there to start with, you know, trying to explain to people what content was, was was difficult um, in itself. I used to hand out the, the biz, my business card would say, you know, the content group. And I would hand it over to people and they would look at it and they'd go, oh, that's nice. You know, the content group. So even, you know, way back in the 1990s, you know, late 1990s, this notion of content just wasn't known. Um, but certainly I would say to them, yeah, look, I'm content, but, you know, in the future, this is going to happen. Um, but back then, you know, video was prohibitively expensive, graphic design, prohibitively expensive. Um, the tools that you needed to create any sort of content, prohibitively expensive. The skills for people to create that, prohibitively expensive. So I took a bit of a detour. It was going okay, but it was limping along, but I did have an opportunity to work in professional sports. So I, I detoured down that way, but then sort of late 
sort of early 2000s, I came back to this original idea and still by then the problem hadn't been solved. But what was in place was, uh, you know, future promise. You could see that we were getting closer. You could see that connectivity was improving. You could see that device miniaturization was taking place. You could see the power of computing uh, and that ability to drive, you know, high quality graphics was improving. So, all of the, the promise was starting to, to take shape. And so we continued down that path, but really where we were then, um, post being involved in professional rugby, was being in the place of, you know, a, basically a public relations agency involved in strategic communications and, you know, a little bit of content creation, not too much. But it wasn't until about 2009 that I discovered a guy by the name of Joe Polizzi, who is the founder of the Content Marketing Institute. And he had made this speech and it was some part in, in Eastern Europe. And I remember seeing it and thinking to myself, that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. It's content marketing. That was the name that Joe uh, and his team had given to this practice of understanding the objectives of organisations and then taking the gift of technology to be able to create, curate and distribute useful, relevant and consistent content in order to engage and inform a specific audience in order to achieve a desired citizen and or stakeholder action. So they discovered it and that was just a massive turning point for us at Content Group because first of all, we realised that there were other people who were trying to solve this exact problem and indeed Joe and his team have gone on to be, you know, so fabulously successful and they have led the development of the whole content marketing in industry across the world. But our focus really had always been on trying to develop this capability in government. You know, that was really our focus is to really try to say, okay, we think that this is a capability that government needs to develop and so how can we go about that process? And so that's really where we've been focused. So while the Content Marketing Institute and many content marketing agencies focus on the business-to-business -business and business-to-consumer markets, our focus at Content Group has been almost exclusively on uh, business-to-government so as that we can really help to work with government to be able to build out that capability. Because that's another key point I really think about the way that we go about our work, which is to think, how is it that we can build this capability in government rather than just deliver it as a end-of-the-line consulting function? Because we do we see that this is going to be a critical function and capability for government, that they are going to have to learn how to take advantage of this gift of technology, which means that every government agency and department can be the media on behalf of their policy, their program, their service or their regulation. That's the reality. Whether they like it or not, that's the gift of technology as it relates to communication in government and the public sector. So the challenge for people then is, well, just how much of that capability are we going to use in order to achieve the policy program service or regulatory objectives of the elected government of the day? That's really the, the whole, you know, shooting match 
um, from beginning to end as it relates to communication in government. So that was really the focus of us, you know, from 2008, 9, 10, and really starting to work with government to, to understand this, this real opportunity that they have to be able to get out there to create content, to use the, the wonderful gift of social and that ability to distribute widely um, to, to many audiences as the uh, adoption rates, uh, as people started to pick up more and more mobile connectivity and uh, mobile devices. And so everyone who you really need to connect to is there on the grid. So then the challenge is, okay, how do we then activate those connections? How do we as a government fight for a share of the attention of our citizens and stakeholders so that they will pay attention to the story that we are seeking to tell. So that's sort of the space that we're in and that is what we're trying to do. That's that's the, that's the nub of the challenge that we're working with government, not only here in Australia but around the world, to solve so as that government can be better at telling stories, so government can build trust over time by people understanding more clearly the reasons for the decisions that they make. That sits at the heart of the mission that we have, which is to help government strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens through effective content communication. So that is exactly the heart of why everybody at Content Group gets up out of bed every day to indeed to solve that problem, because it is a problem. Uh, We know from the research that WPP has done back in 2017 that this is a global problem. You know, Communication in government is not valued. Communication professionals in government are not valued. Communication from government is one way and does not take into account the needs of the audiences that they are seeking to engage with. Bureaucracy is a serious and substantial problem. Trust, as we know, is low. And then capability in government to take advantage of this gift is also very low. So all of the factors that we know that are troubling government at a municipal, state, federal and multilateral level are uniform across the world. So that's the sort of problem space that we're in when people say, okay, well, what is the problem you're trying to solve? That's it. The beginning, the middle and end. How can we get better at helping government to explain themselves? Because that's the role of the public servant. It's the role of the politician to advocate for the particular position. But once it is the policy of the elected government of the day, it is the role of the public service to explain what that is. Whether they agree with it or not, that's not their job. Their job is to, to the best of their ability, to be able to explain the reasons for that particular policy program, service or regulation. So that's what we're trying to do. And look, we're having quite some success really at the moment as government starts to adapt these practices that have been well entrenched in the uh, private sector for some time through content marketing um, over many many years in uh, in many of the uh, you know big corporations who are doing content marketing as as a key part of the way they present their brand and the way they present their services to the world. So what's changed really since 1997? Well, it is that connectivity. It is that capability. It is those massive changes in um, computing power. Uh, it 
and in and in connectivity that has just enabled this massive change because effectively what it's done is to put that potential into the hands of just about any government agency or government department. You know, the ability to be able to draw on uh, uh, sites like a, a Canva where you can get access to fantastic looking templates, uh, a site like Shootster where you're able to get access very affordably to video. Uh, there are all sorts of applications online where you can now um, be able to, to draw to you high quality content that you can then populate with your story, then distribute. If you're going to create it yourself, that ability to be able to produce video and audio and stills and text and graphics, you know, companies such as Adobe, such as Adobe have made it so much easier to create hyper-professional content that can engage with audiences. And really, that's another key part of this challenge is that your content has to be absolutely top shelf because you are competing with every other brand, every other not-for-profit, every other government department and agency for a share of a person's most valuable asset, which is their time and their attention. So your content is in a hyper-competitive world. You have to make sure that that content is relevant to that audience and is delivered to them in the channel that they prefer, at the time that they want it, in the format that they want it. Now, it's a big challenge and it's a big change and it's why this capability needs to be built over time, but that's where government has to get to. Government has to become better at telling their stories so they can start to rebuild the trust deficit that there is in democratically elected institutions around the world. So again, it's big stuff. Don't get me wrong. This is a big, high-level, aspirational, critically important capability that is built in government so people can understand. They might not agree. They may not agree with what it is that you are attempting to explain to them, but that's not the point. That's, that's to be resolved at the ballot box. If people may not agree in the community, but if we have taken the time and the care and applied the, the right skill and knowledge and the right attitude to telling the story to the best of our ability, and we've got that message consistently in front of people so people understand the context and, and, and challenges that are seeking to be addressed by a particular policy program, uh, service or, or regulation, then that's when we're doing our job. As I say, they may not like it. Well, there's a thing called the ballot box. And when you get your chance in four years' time or whenever it is, you can vote people out. That's not the role of the public servant to be involved in that, but it is the role of government and public sector communicators to make sure that they get the fidelity right in the way that they tell that particular story. So that's really the big change, is that there is a increasing and growing need for more high quality, relevant content. But also, more importantly, I think, is this need to understand uh, that it's so critically important, not just to create the assets, but to be able to apply a strategic model to be able to take you from point A to point B, so as that you can demonstrate that you have thought through all of the various elements of your particular challenge so as that you have made the best possible judgment as to where you are going to apply the budget, which at the end of the day is taxpayers' money. So we owe it to the taxpayers all around the world 
when we produce these content communication programs to be able to put in place the best decisions based on the best available evidence. So what we did a couple of years ago is about 2015, we applied for federal government uh, funding, uh, innovation funding here in Australia, because we went to the government and we said, look, we've been working on this challenge of trying to work out a way that government can communicate effectively or more effectively with citizens and stakeholders. We think you've got a problem. We've developed an approach, which is an adaptation of the content marketing process, meets the strategic communication planning process, meets this new capability that we have to be the media, wrapped around uh, a project management uh, framework, uh, which includes things like uh, risk, risk mitigation, benefits realisation, measurement and evaluation. So to really bring that rigour uh, to this process of planning, which is so critically important. So often we have clients come to us and say, uh, we'd like two videos, uh, five blogs, a brochure, and you know, two or three other things. And the first question that we often ask them is, well, how did you get to that answer? And often they don't know. Often they haven't had a process that has helped them to get to decide what are the channels, what are the content types, how frequently are they going to publish and how are they going to measure and evaluate the impact of that particular content that they are going to spend taxpayers' money on? So this is why we went to the government and said, look, we've developed this thing and it's a little bit, you know, how's your father? I'd sort of, you know, beg, borrow and stole different parts of uh, different planning frameworks, including our own, integrated them all. And we got the money um, that we had to match, uh, innovation funding, and we went to the Australian National University and said, look, we think we sort of got something here that is relevant to the government context, but we need the evidence base to put underneath it. We need an independent organisation such as your own to go through the best practice in project management, uh, in strategic communications planning, in content marketing, in public relations, and really test and validate the way that we've gone about it. And we're, we're still in the middle of that research at the moment. And it's been um, fabulous in that we do now have this evidence-based methodology that we are going to open uh, towards the latter parts of this year. So government organisations around the world can use it. But it's really a way of thinking about how you will communicate consistently at a municipal, state, federal and multilateral level, but how you will communicate the detail of that policy, that program, that service, or that regulation. So stay tuned. And if you are interested, please sign up to our newsletter uh, at www.contentgroup.com.au, and that will keep you up to date with how you can get access uh, to the particular standard that we are developing. Uh, we are going to open it up under a Creative Commons licence for government and public sector organisations around the world. And we hope that that will really improve the standard of communication uh, of government and public sector organisations around the world. So that's a project that we're working with with the ANU. Um, but then we've got a second research project. Um, we're in discussions with the University of Canberra, the Institute of Governance and Public Administration. And when they looked at the methodology as we'd presented it, they saw it not so much as a, as a function for the communication department, they saw it as a capability for policymakers. And 
what the problem they're trying to solve is to take the methodology and to embed it into the policy process, the new policy process. So essentially what you are forcing policymakers to do by implementing the content communication methodology is to put the needs of the citizen at the heart of your policy proposal. But not only that, you're also taking on the challenge of how are you going to communicate the detail of your policy and the reasons for your policy once it is finalised? And so we're in the middle of that particular research project as well. And I look forward to seeing people um, getting involved with that for policymakers as well, because for too long, and again, this is part of the WPP research that I mentioned earlier to you, is that communication doesn't really have a seat at the table. Um, often derided as, you know, the colouring in department, you know, make the brochure look nice, you know, make the the film interesting, make sure, you know, the writing is, is crisp and clear. But communicators traditionally have sort of been left out of those uh, heavier conversations. So what we're hoping to do with our methodology, with this evidence-based methodology, is sort of getting a seat at the table and to be able to say, well, look, here is a rigorous evidence-based methodology that we can add value into this policy process. We think it's a consideration that you need to take seriously. And that's part of this challenge with the University of Canberra. So that's a second research project. So again, stay tuned. We will keep you involved. And I know uh, the University of Canberra intends to start educating pro, uh, people in this particular um, task. How do they bring content communication into the public, uh, in, sorry, into the policy development process? And how can they work with policy professionals in order to understand the real benefits of, of getting involved and, and, and applying uh, the principles of effective content communication? So that's pretty much it in terms of our research for the moment. But where are we going with this? You know, what, what are we trying to do? Well, Content Group, the vision of the company is that we will be the world's leading content communication agency for government and public sector by 2020. That's, that's the plan. That's the vision. That's the light on the hill. And that's what we're aiming for. Um, strategically, we're very focused at the moment on getting our meat and potatoes right, you know, getting our methodologies right, getting them used, uh, testing and learning, getting our research partners at the Australian University, National University and the University of Canberra and our skills-based training partners as well. So building up all of the, um, the methodology, the training, the learning, the education to then be able to sort of move out from Australia over the next few years to start to uh, spread this more widely uh, and to hopefully create a global standard from the work that we are doing. We certainly believe that there is a need for it. Um, the WPP research confirms that there is a need for it. In many of the conversations that we've had with governments in North America uh, and in Europe and in the Middle East, uh, we know that the problem that we're having here in Australia is the problem that they're having. The WPP research 
confirms that. So we think that we're, what we're onto is something that really can be useful and it can be a capability. It can be a way of, of thinking in government agencies. So as soon as they start to think about, well, how are we going to tell that story? They can roll through the content communication process, either in a detailed way, if it's a big uh, policy or program, or even in a shorthand way, if it's something smaller, just to be able to move through those steps those simple steps of asking yourself, why am I doing this? If you don't have a good reason why, don't get started. The second step, the objectives. What is the program objectives? This has got nothing to do with your comms at the moment. This is the program objective, the policy objective, the regulatory objective. What is that objective? Because that, your communication, your content communication has to be directed towards solving a particular objective. So we need to know what those objectives are. We then need to think about the goals because inside those objectives are behaviours. Often, what are we looking for people to do in order for us to achieve a particular objective? And that's when you start to look at what those communications goals are that is measuring the degree of impact your content communication program is having on those behaviours in order for you to achieve those objectives. The next step of the puzzle is really understanding about the audience because really it's the beginning, the middle and the end. Communication is about reception, not transmission. So we need to have that deep, empathetic understanding using data, qualitative, quantitative, any sort of insights that we can to really understand what is it that our audience is looking to understand from us as it relates to those particular objectives. Spend as much time as you possibly can and really get to know those people, um, not just as it relates to the immediate task or the immediate objective that you're seeking to achieve, but try to understand the, the pressures around them much more, more, more broadly. Don't just look at them in that singular way. Look at them in terms of their whole lives. What are the pressures? What are their worries? What are their concerns? What are their habits? Get to know them. There is no such thing as time wasted in understanding an audience. From there, it's to then understand the story that you're seeking to achieve, uh, to tell, but to tell a story, you know, not just a collection of facts or not just a collection of actions, but to tell a genuine, meaningful, emotion-based story. We know that facts may validate a position, but it's emotion that drives action. And when you think about that process, we want people to do something as a result of our communication. So it's that emotional piece that is going to drive people to action. So how can we discover that element in our story and how can we embed that emotional element in our story such that we will connect with people at a time where the competition for their time and attention is crazy? You have everybody out there trying to get that time and attention. So how are you going to tell a story in such a way that cuts through to earn the right to that most precious part of uh, their most precious asset? So from there, once you've understood your why and your what and the audience that you're seeking to influence and the story that you want to tell, you then make some choices about what type of asset is it? Is it a video? Is it audio? Is it stills? Is it text? Is it graphics? Do we publish on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? What channels do we use? Is it an event? Is it an offline? Is it public relations? 
Is it advertising? Is it social? Is it our website? There are all sorts of choices that you can now make. There is an infinite number of uh, channels that you can use. But that research that you've done on your audience is what's going to help you to understand what is the best channel to reach that audience? What is the best content type to influence that audience? And how often are they going to want to hear from you and see from you? And when you've done that research earlier, also when you're understanding what those objectives are, to understand, well, what resources do you have to bring this together? How much money do you have? How many people do you have? Because that is going to have an impact on the amount of content that you can create or you can curate. So once you've made that editorial calendar, you've assembled it all, and then you've understood those goals, and then you've set some marks around those goals in terms of measurement and evaluation, well, then you're good to go. Get started, test and learn, update, and away you go. The great thing for government when it comes to content communication is that it takes time for content communication to work. It takes time to get through to people. It takes time to have impact. And the great thing for government is that we have time. Those relationships we have with citizens are for many, many years. We want to be involved with those communities for a long, long time. So that's where the genius of content communication can kick in. And you can start to build relationships through content, through those own channels that you have over time, offline and online, to start to rebuild trust in those audiences. So that's what we're looking to do. We're looking, you, you take that vision, the world's leader, that's the way we're going to go about it. Our mission is to help government, and that's wonderfully powerful um, that you have. we have a genuine mission here. We have a genuine purpose, this notion of helping. I often say to the team here, if you want to know what you're doing, that's what you're doing. You're helping. If you're not helping, then you're doing the wrong thing. And it's also great when you engage with clients because you say to them, well, look, we're here to help. So if we can help you, we'd like to help you. But if they feel that we can't help them, well, that's okay too. So there's no problem with that at all. So that really driving sense of, um, of that purpose and that mission really gets us out of bed every day. And then also us, um, we have a series of mantras. Um, we have a series of values that we try to live to as well, which sort of provide the, you know, the institutional cultural scaffolding and framework that, that sits around the work that we do. And um, yeah, it's very, very enjoyable work that we do. And part of what we do in terms of our own content communication is this very podcast. Every week, we explore the world of government and public sector communication. And now, as you know, we have rebranded to GovCom. So hopefully that'll be a little bit easier for uh, all of you to find and for all of you to share for other people. And as I say, I'd love to hear any suggestions that you might have of people who we can talk to so we can all get better together at creating and distributing and curating content in such a way that we can start to rebuild trust in democratically elected institutions. It's such a fundamental, important mission. How about we do it together? And how about we do it all around the world so as that we can really strengthen, you know, democratic democracies around the world? So there you go. Um, fantastic. Really enjoying it. Loving the challenge. Uh, the company's growing very fast. Uh, every, you know, rolling average over the last three years, we've grown between 30 and 40% every year. Uh, and it is really going to take off because I still think that we are still 
very, very early uh, in this journey for government to become a publisher, government to become the media. You know, there's the environments in which we work are risk averse. Uh, the resources that we have to invest in communication are getting smaller. The numbers of people working in government communication are getting smaller. And the importance of what we do is getting higher and higher and higher. So that's why building capability, getting better at being able to create and distribute stories should be at the heart of everything that we do. And I look forward to continuing this journey and I look forward to continuing this journey with you. So thanks very much for joining us for this first edition of GovComs. But we'll be back at the same time next week with another fantastic guest. So I look forward to your time then. But for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.